Welcome to CC Partners, the employer's choice. We provide expert legal and strategic advice in all areas of labor and employment law. By working closely with our clients, our experienced team delivers pragmatic, proactive solutions, resolving many issues before they escalate. Get to know us better at ccpartners.ca. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Q&A period of our Lawyers for Employers webinar entitled Vax of the Future, Our Vaccination Policy is the New Normal. My name is Arjun Deer. I'm an associate here at CC Partners. I'm joined today on this portion of the webinar by Mike McClellan, Charles Bins. Behind the scenes, we have our articling student who's uh, great, gracefully put together this uh, slide for us with all the questions, uh, Danielle. Um, so if you missed the first portion of our webinar, you can find it by uh, listen to an episode of our, our official podcast or by viewing the recording of this presentation that can be accessed on our YouTube page, which has all the slides and, and uh, this full presentation. Um, and while we're at it, you might as well check out our Lawyers for Employers blog as well. We share weekly blog posts on current events and, and the case law and labor and employment uh, space. And we try to keep it as as easy and accessible to, uh, to approach as possible and so that any employer can read it and really be brought to speed on what's happening. And we also come out with emergency blogs when whenever there's important legislative developments uh, that we wanna share with our employers in a timely manner. So I'll now turn it over to Mike uh, if you'd like to add anything before we proceed or, or we can jump right into Q&A. Thanks Arjun, I appreciate that introduction into our Q&A portion and for everybody asking, uh, yes, uh, and Arjun touched on this, everything does get published. Be sure to check out our website, www.ccpartners.ca for all of our broadcasts and blogs. And you can also follow us on social media. We're on LinkedIn and we're on Twitter at ccpartnerslaw. Use your hashtag AskCCPartners to uh, send us your questions. And uh, when we have future podcasts, we do what we can to answer those questions when they come in. So why don't we go ahead and get to the Q&A? Yeah, we have quite a few questions here, understandably. So our first question, because the vaccine manufacturers don't have any liability attached to them for adverse reactions, if a company has a policy for you to be vaccinated, are they then responsible for the employees should they have an adverse reaction? That's an interesting question. If somebody has an adverse reaction to uh, the vaccine, uh, presumably that's due to an underlying medical condition and presumably they would already know about it. That would be a situation where that employee ought to be flagging that they cannot get the vaccine for a medical reason. That would be a human rights protected refusal and something that we would look to accommodate if possible. I'm not an expert on these kind of civil liability questions but I do know that there has to be some manner of foreseeability or predictability for an employer to be held liable for an injury uh, to an employee. Uh, and I guess another aspect of this that may come into play, um, certainly hasn't uh, been explored yet legally as far as I know, but in Ontario, whether part of complying with the workplace policy and then being injured as a result is something that would, that would be compensable under the uh, Workplace Safety and Insurance Act, but I think there, there might at least be an argument for it. So civil liability, I think, is going to be uh, unlikely and certainly not something that would ever stop me from advising an employer to put their vaccine policy in place. Um, but, but I'd like to hear from either Arjun or Charles if you have any other ideas. 
I think Charles and I are playing uh, cat and You're mouse. Playing chicken with each other. Yeah, chicken, right? So um, it's there's really not much to add there, right? Like it, it, it you'd really just look at it. Was it a re- at the time when you when you mandated the vaccination? Was it reasonable at that time? Um, could it could it have been known that that this employee would have an adverse reaction? Just like you spoke to Mike, there should be a medical uh, flag at that point that they maybe shouldn't get it. I don't know how that would fall on an employer who has across the board a vaccination policy that's that's reasonable in the circumstances. Um, if there's an adverse reaction, there's an adverse reaction, right? I, I don't, I, I just think that would open the floodgates to all type of very frivolous claims, in my opinion. I, I'm trying, I, I've tried throughout this whole presentation. I know uh, earlier today, Kelsey and, and, and some of us on this one have tried to keep our personal uh, opinions out of things, but I just don't think that, uh, that it would be possible unless you have anything else to add, Charles. The only other thing I would say is that these things are always balancing acts and you've got to weigh this against the um, adverse reactions that people might get if they contract COVID in the workplace. So I think um, all the medical evidence that I've seen, and it only seems to be getting stronger, is that the the vaccination and then the, the policy decisions at a government level requiring vaccine policies, which may or may not, remember, require vaccination, um, it's, it's all just all kind of pulling us in that direction. So I, I don't know that it's, I would think that a, and obviously you can't say for sure every situation is different and we need to assess every situation on its own, but the, the risk of something like that happening seems low given everything that we know. All right, thanks. So how about if a company requires you to get the vaccine to work there, how could they approach the argument from an employee who's refusing it because they say, how do I take the vaccine out of my body when I leave this role? So um, I'll leave it to the HR professionals to kind of um, put better language on this. But I think the answer is you have the option of leaving your role now and keeping the vaccine out. And that's your option. I think that's it. Okay. What about um, what would be a legitimate proof for a human rights exemption? Presumably medical would come from a doctor, but what about other exemptions? No matter what, if somebody is asking for an accommodation, it is their responsibility to to provide adequate information, both in support of the accommodation and for us to be able to understand how we can accommodate a person. Remember, in any accommodation situation, the person doesn't automatically get the accommodation they're looking for. They're only entitled to what is a reasonable accommodation in the circumstances that still allows them to attend and perform work on a productive basis. The only exemptions that we know uh, of so far that we're anticipating to uh, a mandatory vaccine policy is number one, medical, in which case you're absolutely right. We would get proper information from a doctor. And secondly, religious. Um, In my view, it's not sufficient for a person to simply say, I have a religious objection to getting the vaccine. We need more information from that. And depending on the information that comes forward, we might want it substantiated from uh, some authoritative third party like a religious leader, Uh, even just a letter or something that can explain that it is a true, legitimate, uh, uh, sincerely held religious belief. and, and really, those are the only, the only examples that have come up in my work on this and the, um, you know, the last year or so that we've been uh, worrying about vaccine uh, policies. 
Um, can any employer ask for proof of vaccination status of its employees, or is it only in specific sectors? So I think that could be in any sector. Again, it depends on all all the context that you're operating in is going to determine. Um, I think anyone can ask for it. The question where the rubber kind of really hits the road is what do you do if someone refuses? Like you, you can always ask someone to provide you with information. The question is, can you compel someone to do so? Um, and what do you what do you do about it if they say no? And then again, this is where we come to every vaccination policy is going to have to be molded to the specific context that it's intended to be applied in. So I think the answer, you know, the short answer to that is yes, but it's kind of a yes, but, and then it depends on all the kind of stuff that we talked about in the, the strict webinar portion of this. Yeah, I think there's a question later on as well about if asking is a breach of confidentiality, so it wouldn't be then to just ask your employees? No, simply asking for medical information or, or simply asking for this kind of private health information is not a violation. What could be is disclosing it when you don't need to. As well, for the rapid COVID tests for unvaccinated employees, who's responsible for the cost of those tests? Fortunately, there are a number of government programs that are providing small employers with complementary rapid COVID testing, which is great when there are costs associated with it the the employee bears the costs uh, of the rapid test. And that's something that I've put in policies myself. So what are your thoughts on whether a termination based on getting vaccinated will be upheld by an arbitrator? The, the classic employment and labor lawyer responses, it depends. Keep in mind that any employer can terminate any employee they want in a, in a, a, a non-collective agreement setting so long as that employee receives appropriate notice or pay in lieu of notice. Uh, if, if you don't want to take a four cause approach and uh, really there are probably only uh, um, certain situations where a four cause termination would be appropriate for failing to get the vaccine. Uh, again, it's, it's really gonna be context and fact specific about whether um, a four cause termination in a union setting will be upheld by an arbitrator. I, I could see circumstances where it will be upheld and I can see circumstances where it won't. Are there any other human rights exemptions besides medical or religious reasons at the moment? One that we didn't touch on um, would be fam the, the childcare responsibilities. Um, and we're seeing that schools are going back, but um, as we know, children under 12 are not vaccinated and they may not feel comfortable sending them back to school. So it does open up uh, another responsibility you may have where you know, they, they may say, hey, can I continue working from home? Kids can't go to school. Um, so that is one other uh, obligation or accommodation that you may need to require, but there may be workplaces where that's not possible. And that's where you, where you do come into, a, is there any other options available to this employee who can't come into the workplace or, or refuses to due to childcare responsibilities? Uh, that's the one I'm seeing currently. Uh, Mike, do you have anything to add on that one? Well, that's a good point, Arjun, and that's certainly something I saw around this time last year when the kids were getting ready to go back to school, um, or, or um, you know, the, or they would have gone back to school, but their schools or daycares were closed. But I think what you're describing isn't so much uh, an exemption to the policy as it is maybe a reason for the employee to take a leave of absence. Uh, if they're not able to uh, come to work. 
So what if the employee is refusing to tell you of their vaccination status or refusing to provide medical documentation to support their exemption claim? Okay, so I think it, it depends. It depends on the policy. So remember, the, the first step is this stuff doesn't just happen in a vacuum. The first step is determining whether you need a policy and what that policy is going to look like. Remember, in order for policies to pass muster to be reasonable, in other words, they have to be clear and unequivocal. So um, when it comes to what you do in that situation, it's going to depend on the workplace. So when you know, the far end, one end of the spectrum, you might have maybe you're a tech startup and everyone has always worked remotely and you never actually come into contact with people that you work with. In that case, you probably don't even need a policy and it might be an overreach to try and institute one. On the other hand, you have a hospital which not only has good reasons on its own for having a policy uh, and potentially requiring that people be vaccinated and not allowing testing, but you have direction from the government telling you that you have to institute that policy and it has to have this, this, and this. So it really depends on the nature of the workplace and what you're gonna be doing. Um, your policy might, so this kind of leads into um, the question below in that you might work in a workplace where you're willing to accept a, an attestation from your employee, maybe your construction company, you do all of your work outside, you work in a small crew, maybe you can do other things. It really depends on the nature of your operation and what the consequences are for failing to disclose, or even if you need them to provide you with government proof, will all flow from your own situation. What if to have them check on the COVID screen questionnaire that they're vaccinated rather than requiring a government issued document? Yeah, so again, it just it kind of follows with answered in the, the answer to the last question, and it kind of depends on everything. If you believe that that is sufficient to live up to your requirements under the Occupational Health and Safety Act to keep your employees and potentially your clients or uh, the work sites where you work, if you think that that is enough, given the situation geographically or in your sector, whatever it is you do, um, then that would be all that you would need to do. You don't necessarily need to take it to the level of requiring uh, government proof and having strict timelines. It's all going to matter on or depend on what your situation is. Okay, thank you. Uh, what considerations should there be for a COVID-19 vaccine policy for a workplace that falls under multiple sectors? And the example that was given for this is a workplace with Toronto District School Board and, and third-party child care center employees in the same building. Well, you have to make sure you're legally compliant with whatever the uh, legislation or regulation is telling you what to do. We can tailor our policies. Uh, we can't tailor legislation. Uh, if the Ontario government is requiring you to have, uh, you know, the policy in place and, and that it requires, um, you know, things like testing, uh, you have to do that. Um, but, but again, you know, the, the policies, as Charles has mentioned, uh, you know, in the webinar and again during the Q&A, an employer workplace policy is held to a certain reasonableness standard. And what is reasonable for a particular employer implemented policy is going to vary on a case by case basis. But that's why you have uh, uh, your, your employment and labor lawyers advising um, you know, the businesses to, to be able to take a look at all of the uh, of facts and, and craft a legally compliant policy, no matter what the sector is. 
Okay, this next question has quite a few parts to it. So is it a constructive dismissal or even a human rights violation if an employee does not want to be vaccinated due to personal beliefs, but cannot come into work due to the policy? Or would it be a with cause termination? If it is a with cause termination, is there any final compensation, financial compensation that needs to be given to employees who are fired? So here I think, so we'll just, we'll deal with the human rights issue first. If we're talking about a personal preference, there's no human rights issue whatsoever. So you can just set that fear aside. When you're talking about constructive dismissal, is it a with cause, without cause? Again, um, we don't have the answer necessarily. So it's a question of putting yourself in the best position possible to get that for cause termination. So for example, this all goes back not only to the, to the way that you structure your policy, but the way that you implement it. So if someone is just saying, no, it's, it's my personal choice. I don't, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. Um, you know, if you instituted the policy on Tuesday and you have this conversation on Thursday and you're firing them on Friday, that's going to have a lot less chance of success than, for example, if you instituted on Tuesday, you have a conversation with Thursday, maybe you have the option of putting them, what if, if they're still refusing and you require vaccinations, you could put them off on an unpaid leave, provide them with some information from vaccinations, there's tons of government information, all kinds of stuff, give them a chance to educate themselves or at least look at stuff and then come back the following week and they still aren't doing it and then you terminate is going to be a much better chance of success than if they just say no and then automatically they're out the door. So it's not only a question of what the policy says, but how you implement it and whether you're offering other opportunities. Um, if it's possible for the employee to work from home, then maybe, maybe it won't be reasonable to fire them, particularly if they've already been working from home for a year and a half. So it, it really all depends on the situation, but it's just a matter of, it's not about just um, setting a rule and then applying it without any considerations after that. You have to think about the context, not only of your workplace and your policy, but this employee and whether or not that would be seen as reasonable going forward. And, and unfortunately, I think that's just about the, the best advice that we could give generally to anyone at this point in time. We actually have another question too that builds off that, and then I'll come back to the one previously to that, but can you accommodate someone through regular testing who does not have a valid reason to be unvaccinated, but does not want to be vaccinated? So Charles, you mentioned that unpaid leave. Could you just accommodate them with regular testing instead? So sorry, can you accommodate someone through regular testing who does not have a valid reason to be unvaccinated, but does not want to be vaccinated? Yeah, you could. So while we're saying that you don't have to accommodate personal choice, you could also, if it's possible to do so, and you think that it's reasonable for someone to just not get vaccinated because they don't want to, and you're in a position or a workplace where it, you don't think it's going to be that big of an issue, then of course you can accommodate that in any way that you see fit. You just have to bear in mind that you've got to have your obligations to other employees in the workplace um, to look out for their health and safety. But absolutely, if you if you wanted to accommodate personal choice, you can do that. I think just most of what we're seeing from our clients so far, most of the questions we're getting is that um, a lot of workplaces aren't going to be doing that, but that doesn't mean that that has to be your workplace. Okay, so what about um, unvaccinated employees? Uh, if they have a valid reason, do they still have to be regularly tested? And what happens if they refuse to be regular regularly tested? Could they be terminated and would that be a with cause termination? 
again, all of these questions are very much fact specific and context dependent. Um, I mean, this is if, if they refuse to be tested, if that's the policy, well, now we have a policy violation. And I think the question is, is there a, a, an appropriate reason uh, for the policy violation or what is the consequence of this policy violation? Um, you know, is there some kind of alternative or uh, accommodation or, or not? Um, if they are terminated, whether it's with cause, you know, we touched on this earlier, um, whether a termination is with cause or not uh, is going to depend on the fact, I mean, it's going to depend on the facts whether you want to assert just cause, whether it actually is just cause, unfortunately, may be up to the, uh, uh, the, the judge you get when uh, a wrongful dismissal claim is made. Okay, and this next question is building off of the uh, building your policy. There's a suggestion for unvaccinated staff, how they have to attend 30 minutes prior to their shift to be tested. And if they were seen by other staff and parents in their vaccination status, so if they were tested in front of other people, is there a way to be, avoid this? Something I mentioned earlier during the webinar is how strictly we have to keep private personal health information. People should not be tested in front of coworkers and clients and customers. There should be a well thought out, private, discreet way for testing to be done that the results are not disclosed to anybody who does not absolutely need to have that information. For the cost of the regularly, uh, the rapid test, um, who is responsible for that cost? And is it to be done on the employee's personal time? So we already talked about cost, uh, whether it's to be done on the employee's personal time. I think it depends on kind of the test and the logistics of it. Uh, there's, I have no problem with it being done on the employee's personal time. What about if the employee conducts their work outside? Can vaccination still be required, for example, on a con for a construction site? So yeah, I think I think the answer here is is probably, and this goes back to. So I think I mentioned earlier there was a case in the construction industry that had to do with testing and they go through a lot of the facts of the particular situation of that company and some of the things that they mention are I think they were building they had sites all over the GTA and they were involved in high-rise buildings downtown and, and what have you so they had multiple contractors with a, a bunch of different employees all coming to the same work site and mingling and going off to another work site the next day and this, that, and the other thing. So even if you are predominantly working outside, there could be a level of contact, particularly if you can't uphold other forms of um, PPE or social distancing or whatever it is. So just the, the mere fact of being outside might not be enough to change the, the calculus, but you got to take kind of everything into account. If you're working on a single construction project, um, you know, you're only doing things out in rural area only with your crew when no one else is on site, that kind of thing, maybe the calculus changes. Okay, thank you. And someone also just had a question about the difference between a workplace vaccination policy versus a requirement to be vaccinated. They just so, wanted you to distinguish between those. So a workplace vaccination policy should take into account things like what happens if a person is not vaccinated. 
again, there's no way to force a person to undergo a medical procedure. You can't take an employee and say, you're going to show up tomorrow at 9 a.m. and we're going to give you the vaccine, like it or not. Um, a workplace vaccination policy is, is, you know, what are your expectations that are reasonable in the circumstances? Uh, does your policy require vaccination uh, or is there uh, kind of alternatives uh, to vaccination? So, I mean, a requirement to be vaccinated may be a fact, may be kind of an element of a workplace vaccination policy. A vaccination policy could be much broader than simply a requirement to be vaccinated. Okay, and our last question is if CC Partners has a sample policy available. CC Partners as your one-stop shop lawyers for employers has a number of policies, of workplace policies, including now for COVID-19 workplace policies, protocols and practices, and now including uh, vaccine policies. Uh, a sample is not going to be very helpful for most people, most workplaces, unfortunately. I mean, there may be parts of it that are helpful, but like I said during the webinar, what each individual workplace really needs to do is consider what kind of policy is reasonable for that individual workplace. Uh, you know, Charles was just talking about the example of, uh, you know, a construction company working in a small team outside rural area, not many different people around, they're not going to have the same strict requirements as the swim school for young kids where the instructor and child have to be basically face-to-face -face with no PPE and where the kid cannot uh, be vaccinated, by the way. So there are going to be different considerations that apply. Uh, you know, we, we can, you can go back and listen to the webinar about what aspects uh, are, are, or what elements really should be in your policy, the way you define those elements, or the way you define what the scope is, the way you define what information is required, who information is disclosed to, uh, the way you define uh, what happens if somebody discloses that they are and are not fully vaccinated. Uh, that could change from workplace to workplace. So we don't don't recommend that you you try to find a sample or or you know I'm sure I can speak for all labor and employment lawyers. An online template uh, is is not a good way to go about it. But uh, yes, if you have questions, by all means, talk to us and we can find a way to help you out and make sure you have the workplace policy that suits your needs. I believe that concludes our question period. Well, once again, we'd like to thank everybody for uh, attending this presentation of the uh, Lawyers for Employers broadcast brought to you by the Lawyers for Employers at CC Partners. This Q&A session, as well as the full webinar, will be available on our website at www.ccpartners.ca. Just go over to the broadcast tab and you can uh, browse whichever video or if you want podcast version that you like our contact information is up on the screen right now if you'd like to contact any of us individually uh, we want to thank everybody for attending and also send out a big thanks to the organizations who have been promoting this webinar 
That's Restaurants Canada, the Barrie Construction Association, the Brampton Board of Trade, and the Greater Sudbury Chamber of Commerce. Thank you all very much. Uh, be sure to follow us online on social media, and we hope you'll tune in to the next episode of the Lawyers for Employers broadcast. Thank you very much, everyone.